This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. So this morning, we are wrapping up um, our series that we've been in the last couple of weeks that we've been calling Overcomer. And we've been looking at this, this more than conquerors concept, this passage of scripture that talks about how we're more than conquerors through Christ. And so we're looking at this idea of overcoming. We're, we're, we're going to stop allowing these things to trip us up, stop allowing these things to keep us in bondage and to hold us back from where God is trying to take us and how God is trying to use us. And so in week one, we looked at the comparison trap, right? We looked at this idea of comparison, how we can't move forward in our lane if we're too busy worried about what everybody else is doing all the time. And we looked at Peter and John and the relationship that they had and how they were a little bit in competition with one another. And Jesus finally just steps out and he's like, listen, what is, quit worrying about everybody else. You do you. You follow me, right? So we talked about that. And then last week, uh, we talked about labels, and how we can overcome labels in our life. And we, you know, after service, there were tons of, of uh, connect cards and cards down here that you guys had uh, handed in and just kind of laid at the foot of Jesus and said, hey, we're done with this, man. I am not these labels. I'm an overcomer. I'm a child of God, right? And so we looked at that last week and we had a powerful service. Funny story. Should I tell this story? Yeah, I'll tell this story. Uh, after church, after church, one of the kids, so um, the, the labels that you guys wrote, they were anonymous, obviously, but some of them were, were not very kind labels. And so the kids came in here, oh man, and they were all laying up front and they started like opening them and reading them and one of them was like, why is this? And we were like, grab the labels, get them picked up, get them out of the kids' hands. It was, it was an intense moment. Um, <laughs> Should I have not told that story? That's one of those things that you, I guess, don't tell people. Um, but it's moments like those that make the kids' church work so well, so it's good. Um, but uh, yeah, so, and so today we're going we're gonna to land the plane. We're going to wrap up our series, uh, and we're talking about fear and how we can overcome fear because fear is such a powerful thing. Fear is, is it can be so influential in our lives, and it can dictate so much about who we are and what we do. And many of us battle fear, and many of us need to overcome fear. And so um, I just want to start off talking about myself a little bit. I, um, I never, ever, ever watch the news, which some of you are like, oh, that's so irresponsible. But I just don't, okay? I don't watch the news. I don't uh, listen to talk radio. I don't go to, like, media-driven sites. I don't have, like, the Fox News app or the CNN app. or I don't have any of that stuff. I have literally zero connection to any of that stuff. And you guys are like, again, oh, that is so immature and irresponsible. But listen, call me what you want. I've been called worse, okay? I have nothing to do with that stuff. So much so, like, the only, like, semi-connection I have to current events and what's going on with all of that is social media. And so social media, I'll see these, like, hashtags or I'll see these, like, campaigns and stuff, and I kind of can d deduct what they are, deduce what they are from what it is, but sometimes I don't know, and so oftentimes I have to ask people, and people will be having conversation, I'm like, yeah, I, I heard something about that, tell me more, because I literally have no idea, like yesterday they did that like March thing, right, I can't remember what it's called, but it's got like the, it was, well, March for Our Lives, it was like a white, blue, and black sort of logo, right, I'm showing you all that I know about it, right, how in the loop I am, and, and we heard some drums downtown, and I asked Kayla, I was like, isn't there like a thing today for a thing? And she's like, uh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, what is, what is that again? And she, like, she told me, like, I'm completely disconnected from all of that stuff. And, and I guess um, 
the reason that I'm disconnected and, and I choose to be disconnected from those things is because in my opinion, which you can differ and argue with me and that's fine, I won't argue back. I'll just say, okay, maybe you're right. But I withhold from all of that stuff because in my opinion, they peddle fear. They sell you fear. They push fear nonstop. It's fear, fear, fear because well, you know why? Fear drives ratings. Fear boosts revenue. Fear makes them money. Fear causes us to respond and react a certain way that we have to have more because we want to know the solution to this fear that they're giving us. And I'm like, I, I don't subscribe to that. I don't want that at all. And some of you are like, you're immature. That's okay. You can judge me. That's fine. But fear is very, very real. And fear is very, very, very powerful. And it can really have a huge influence on our lives. The Bible tells us over a hundred times to fear not. It says, fear not. It says, don't be afraid. It says, take courage. It says all these different things that are like, dude, do not be afraid. Fear is not the way to go through life. Fear, don't let fear have a foothold. Don't let fear have power over you. And so this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to spend a few minutes talking through this passage in, in 2 Timothy together. And what it is, it's Paul writing a letter to Timothy. Paul was this like missionary guy who planted a bunch of churches and wrote a bunch of the New Testament, right? A lot of the books in the New Testament and with IANS, like Colossians, Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians, all those things. Those are letters that this dude wrote to churches. And so First and Second Timothy are letters that Paul wrote to this guy, Timothy, who is also becoming a church planner, also going out and launching his ministry and doing all this stuff. And so Paul writes him a letter. And so we're going to look at that and explore this concept of fear and the power that we allow it to have over us, and we shouldn't. And so we're going to do that this morning, kind of dissect it a little bit. So it's going to be really, really cool. So let's pray together, and then we'll jump in. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for our time of worship. Thank you for what you're doing in the hearts and lives of our kids, man, and being able to experience that as a faith community together. God, I pray this morning that as we open your word, I pray that, that you would allow it to speak truth to us. I pray that we would be receptive to what you have for each and every one of us this morning. I pray that you would use me as an effective mouthpiece for your truth, and that we would all leave this morning encouraged, challenged, and changed, believing that we can be an overcomer, that we can overcome fear. God, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 is a passage that um, my mom told me my whole life. So here's the deal. I grew up in Detroit. I grew up uh, over by like 7 Mile and Kelly on Novara Street. Um, and we lived in like this bungalow, right? Where like my parents and my sister's room was downstairs, but then me and my brother shared the upstairs, which was like a whole room, right? We had like this secret passage behind our closet where all our Ninja Turtles were. We had like the Ninja Turtle sewer and the Ninja Turtle blimp. The, it was, you were, you were jealous of my Ninja Turtle collection, okay? And so we lived in the upper floor. For some reason, I had this crazy, crazy anxiety and fear Maybe it was because my parents watched Rescue 911 all the time. Do you guys remember that show? And then the guy would get up at the end and say, have you seen this child? And if you're a kid, the whole show scares the crap out of you the whole time, right? So maybe we're watching that. I don't know what it is. But I had this crazy fear that my house was going to catch on fire and that me and my brother were going to be stuck upstairs, right? And there's no way for us to get out and the house is on fire and we're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And so, but what made it worse, because my mom was like, oh, just bust the window out and jump out. And I'm like, ha! Yeah, easy for you to say you're on the first floor, right? But what made it worse is that right next door to us, there was this guy that had the world's largest German shepherd ever. And I'm pretty sure it was on a steady diet of eating children, right? 
And so I'm in the upstairs going through this, this drama in my head. The house is on fire. People are screaming. It's crazy. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get out. I throw the chair out the window, but now there's a German shepherd. And I'm like, what am I going to do? So I had it all figured out. I was going to throw my mattress out the window. How my seven-year-old body was going to pick up my twin mattress and throw it out the window, I don't know. But I could do it, right? I would have superhuman strength because I was scared. So I would throw it out the window. The mattress would land on the German shepherd because the German shepherd would be waiting for it to land on him. It would land on him. I would jump out, bounce on the mattress over the fence to where the German shepherd couldn't get me anymore, and then I could fall asleep once I re reconciled all this in my head. And so I would try, and I'd be like, oh, I'm so scared. I'd go downstairs, and I'd tell my mom and dad, like, I'm so scared, I can't sleep. What if there's a fire? What if we blah, 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 And my mom would always quote me this verse. She would always quote me this passage. She would say, now, Samuel, my mom was uh, from Alabama, and so she had, like, this, this accent, right? And she'd say, now, Samuel, one of, like, three people in the whole world that called me Samuel, she said, now, Samuel, you know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. I'm like, yeah, mom, but what about the job? Now, Samuel, you know, God is not. I'm like, mom, that doesn't make me feel better. But she said it my whole life, right? She would say this all the time. Many of you probably have heard this verse as well. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's the New King James Version. I had to go with that because my mom was like a King James only kind of lady, right? She's from Southern Alabama. She's like, by God, and she had like a huge Bible. She like hit you with it, you know what I'm saying? <sighs> Sorry, I'm a little scarred. Um, the NIV version says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, which that word is just hard to say, so I'm not, I'm not gonna use that version. A timidity, uh, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And I love the interchange there between a sound mind and self-discipline. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But here's the deal. The first thing, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Guys, that's huge. If that's the only thing you hear this morning, then that's okay. That's still a win. God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Don't let that own you. Don't let that define you. Don't let that guide you. God has not given us a spirit of fear. You know where a spirit of fear comes from? Fox News. You know where a spirit of fear comes from? CNN. You know where a spirit of fear comes from? MSNBC. You know where a spirit of fear comes from? Nightly News. You know where a spirit of fear comes from? Talk radio. God has not given you a spirit of fear. That's not God's design for your life. That's not God's design for your headspace to be afraid of everything. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That doesn't come from God. When you're sitting there and you're anxious and worried and you think the whole world is falling apart, and oh, you think that's how God wants his creation to go through life? You think that's how he wants us to take our kids and drop them off to school? You think that's how he wants us to interact at work? You think that's how he wants us to interact with our family? Oh, 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 oh. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But then this passage goes on and tells us some of the attributes that God has given us. And it's almost like in contrast to, right? It says that God has given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind or self-discipline. God's saying, Paul's saying here to Timothy, he's saying, listen, when you're going out to do the work of God, when you're going to fulfill all that God has called you to do, when you're going on your missionary journey, when you're going to write letters to churches, when you're going to plant churches, when you're going to do this stuff, listen, God doesn't want you to do that in a spirit of fear. God doesn't want you to follow him and his call on your life in a spirit of fear. 
You know what God's given you? He's given you power. He's given you love. And he's given you a sound mind. That's how he wants you to attack this. That's how he wants you to follow him. That's how he wants you to live your life. And so the first thing is power. God has given us power. That's huge for us to wrap our heads around. That's huge for us when fear begins to come in and start to take over and start to take a foothold. We can step back and say, whoa, this ain't coming from God. God has given me power over this. I can be an overcomer over this fear. In Romans chapter eight, verse 31, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? It's this whole passage of being more than conquerors. Uh, six verses later in uh, Romans 8, 37, it talks about, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. This whole passage of scripture talks about this empowerment from the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is in us and we are empowered by that. We have power over fear. And so as Christ followers, listen, as Christ followers, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. I was having a conversation just this past week talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's role and how that all kind of works out. And, and I was reminded of when Jesus was on the earth, right? And he's getting ready to go through the crucifixion and which we're talking about Good Friday and then the resurrection, which we're talking about Easter next week, right? Um, when he's ready, ready to go through all that, he's having a discussion with his disciples and they're like, dude, where are you going? What are you doing? What's going on? And they're like all upset and heartbroken that Jesus is leaving and they're afraid and they're, you know, they don't know what's coming. And Jesus looks at him and goes, hey guys, listen. I know it's been cool that I'm here, but there's something that's better that's coming. Now, if I'm sitting there in that conversation, I'm like, prove it, right? Like, no way, man. You're, G, you're God, on earth, Emmanuel, God with us. You are right here. Like, there is no better than that right there, man. Like, many of us are like, if I could just see Jesus, I'd have no problem, no problem believing, no problem telling my friends about it. No, if Jesus would just come up to me and say, hey, Sam, what's up? It would be a game changer, right? But Jesus says, no, listen, I got something better than that. Jesus is saying, I'm God with us, but after me is the Holy Spirit. That's God in us. That's God in us everywhere all the time. And so God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us when we accept Christ as our Savior and become a Christ follower. Guys, that is huge. That is a huge empowerment. So when fear begins to creep in, we can say, uh-uh, uh-uh, it ain't happening. Hillsong's got this song. God, what is it? And it's like, um, what is it? And it's like, tell the devil no, not today or something like that. How's that go, Leo? I know, but sing it. Right now, on the spot, boom. Carpool karaoke. Yeah. There's a song, look it up, it's awesome. Um, but it's like, but like the chorus part of it is like, tell the devil no, not today. And I was just picturing my finger like, uh-uh devil, you ain't doing it today. I don't know. You should see me driving in the car for my carpool karaoke. You'd be like, crazy, for sure. Um, but listen, no, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power. We have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Okay, And so when we hear this stuff and we see this stuff and we experience this stuff, we can't allow that fear to dictate us and to choke us out and put us in bondage and chains and cripple us because we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We can't be guided by fear. We can't be dictated and directed by fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. And then it goes on and says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, it says, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. 
this is, this is huge. When we experience God's love, it's incompatible with fear. When we have an adequate understanding of who God is in relation to everything else, when we have an adequate understanding of who God is in relationship to everything else, it's incompatible with fear. It's incompatible. They don't coexist. There is no fear in perfect love. And so if fear is taking ground in your heart and in your head and it's starting to come in, it's starting to creep and it's starting to freak you out, it's starting to cause uh, you know, worry and anxiety and all this stuff, listen, you need a better understanding of God's love for you. You need to broaden your understanding of who God is and how he feels about you. We need a better understanding, a deeper understanding of God's love. When we're afraid that 45 is going to destroy our government and our country and our world and it's mass chaos because we're subscribing to CNN and MSNBC and all stuff and we think that it's gonna be game over and the world's crashing down and what are my kids gonna do and what am I gonna do and oh, we're all this stuff. Listen, you need a deeper understanding of God's love because love and fear can't coexist. They're not one and the same. When we're freaking out because we think that any sort of gun reform or any sort of these hot topics are gonna just infringe on my rights and it's gonna kill me and it's gonna destroy, the government's gonna come in and take over my family, it's gonna be the end of the world. Ah, we're running around crazy. Listen, if that's stressing you out and freaking you out and making you afraid of everything, guys, you need a deeper understanding of God's love. You need a more adequate understanding of who he is in regards to everything else. We need a deeper understanding of God's love. If we're afraid of anything, if we're allowing fear to dictate and guide anything in us, if fear is a motivator, if fear is the thing that's driving anything, listen, we need a deeper understanding of God's love because perfect love drives out fear. It expels fear. It says, get that sh out of here. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's like. And so we need to realize that and embrace that. And say, listen, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power and of love that expels fear. Now I ain't gonna say it. Y'all know what I, you know, y'all know what it is. Instead, no, Amber is not in here. I'm pretty confident. She is in here. All right. So instead of fear, God gives us power and love. Baby, you love me. Remember that. Uh, instead of fear, God gives us love, love that expels fear. It can't coexist with one another. Can we strike that from the podcast? Is that possible? No? Um, but the third thing, the third attribute that kind of is in contrast to this idea of fear is that God gives us a sound mind and self-discipline. He doesn't want us to be all tripped up in here. He doesn't want us tied in knots up in here. He doesn't want us just all jumbled up where we can't function, we can't focus, we can't do all that God has called us to do and be all that God calls us to be. Because see, fear incites worry and anxiety. Fear brings on this worry and this anxiety and this, this, this trepidation that we're, we're afraid of things. And listen, if fear goes unchecked, it can spread like a wildfire. It starts off with just a spark, right? Just a spark. I'm watching Rescue 911 from, with my parents. Just a spark. But if it goes unchecked and I, I allow my brain and my head and my heart to be a playground for this fear and I start letting it ride the merry-go-round and go round and round and round in my head, all of a sudden it's this huge raging blazing inferno where I'm bouncing off of a German shepherd to get over the fence. You know what I'm saying? 
You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. God wants us to be an overcomer of that. In uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, this is a popular verse too. Verses 6 and 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. What's that first part? Don't be anxious about anything. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, empowerment by the Holy Spirit. Love that expels fear, that drives fear out, a deeper understanding of God's love and who he is. And God gives us a sound mind and self-discipline. Listen, God wants, to take, wants us to take hold of our mind. Our mind should not be a playground for fear and anxiety. And I'm not talking about now, I'm not talking about clinical anxiety and things like that. Those are very real issues, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you allow fear to come in and to take over and have free range over your head and your heart and your actions. That's what I'm talking about. I just want to be very clear about that. I'm not discounting any of the clinical stuff, okay? Can I get a head nod so that everybody hears me and I don't get some mean emails later? Okay, sweet. <laughs> but listen, anxiety gets in our heads, and it drives us crazy, and being anxious and worrying about things is like paying interest on a debt that you don't even owe. You're stressing out and you're giving it all this energy and all this effort and you're trying to figure it out. And for what? For what? You're allowing fear to dictate you and it's sucking the life out of you. It's sucking your energy just straight out of you. And so for us to kind of get a hold on this, for us to say, listen, don't be anxious about anything, but bring everything to God for us to do that. You know what that requires? Self-discipline. And that's why I love that they interchange that sound mind and self-discipline. Because a sound mind doesn't just happen. You don't happenstance into a sound mind. It's not like, ooh, I'm super afraid. Oh, my mind took care of it. Like, that's not the way it works. You know? Oh, I'm full of anxiety. Oh, there goes my brain again doing that thing it does. That's not the way it works. It requires self-discipline. It requires us to stand back and say, wait a second. Wait a second, I'm starting to get freaked out by this. First of all, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. So I know this is not the right thought and right thing that should be happening in my head. I get that. That requires self-discipline to have that conversation with yourself, right? And then you say, next step in this self-discipline, I have power over this. I have empowerment from the Holy Spirit. I don't have to take this. I need a deeper understanding of God's love. Again, this is all an introspective conversation that requires self-discipline to create a sound mind, right? I, God's love, I need to recognize who he is in regards to all this. And then he's got it all. He's got the whole world in his hands. It's been a while since I sang that song. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And then it requires self-discipline for us to stand back and say, you know what, I'm gonna have a sound mind about this. I'm not gonna allow this to trip me up and stress me out and throw me off my rocker and influence the way I'm treating my kids because I'm so stressed out about this and so now I'm being mean to my kids for no reason and I'm not gonna let it influence my work. I'm having a bad attitude at work because I'm stressed out about what the person said on the radio on my way to work. I'm not gonna let that happen. I'm not gonna let that happen. See, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse five, I love what it says here. It says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. That's self-discipline in a sound mind. Take captive every thought. Don't just let your news feed and the propaganda that's fed to you in and have a playground in your head. Don't do it. Because if you do, you're going to be scared all the time. You're going to be freaked out all the time, thinking it's the end of the world all the time. It's insane that what we allow to enter our brain and our heart, and then it dictates our actions. 
2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Right? It's, inc- it's, it's, it's insane what we allow to happen to us because we're lacking the self-discipline to check those thoughts at the door and say, uh-uh, that one's not getting in. Uh-uh, that one's not happening. Uh-uh, that one's not gonna play in my head and turn in to me bouncing off a German shepherd to get over a fence. Uh-uh, I'm kicking that out. That's not happening. Self-discipline and a sound mind kind of go hand in hand. And so it's very, very important for us to kind of get a handle on that and understand it. Instead of fear, God gives us power. Instead of fear, God gives us love. Instead of fear, God gives us a sound mind and self-discipline. And so maybe you're in here this morning and you are, you're stuck on that first thing we talked about. You're saying, that was for me. That's why I'm here today. You need to hear that fear does not come from God. That that's not something that God's giving you. That's not the way that God wants you to live your life. That's not the way that God wants your headspace to work. And so maybe you're in here this morning and you need to realize that God has not given you a spirit of fear. You need to do business with him and say, man, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's not just a, ooh, Sunday morning, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. Sweet, I'll never be afraid again. No, this is like a day by day, a hour by hour, a minute by minute, a second by second decision that we have to make when fear tries to creep in. We say, uh-uh, not today, devil. Right? Say, uh-uh, I'm taking every thought captive. Fear's not gonna run my life. That's a decision we make every single moment of every single day. And so maybe you're in here this morning, you need to hear that God has not given you a spirit of fear. Maybe you're in here this morning and you need to hear that you have power over fear. I got the power. <laughs> Y'all got it. The power of the Holy Spirit, man. I'm serious. It's God with us, but it's also God in us. And that's even better. That's huge. You have power over fear. You can overcome fear in your life and worry. and anxiety. You can overcome that. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And so maybe you need to hear that this morning. Maybe you're in here this morning and you need to know that there is no fear in love. And that when you're afraid and you're freaking out and you think that this is the end of the world and that's the end of the world and this is the downfall of civilization and what are my kids gonna do about this and all this, when you're facing all that stuff, maybe you just need to realize that you need a deeper understanding of who God is. He's got the whole world in his hands. When fear starts to come in and try and take us over, we say, wait a second, there's no fear in love. His love expels fear. They can't cohabitate. They can't coexist. They're incompatible with one another. Maybe you're in here this morning and you need to hear hear that God calls us to a sound mind and and, and, and that's synonymous with self-discipline. Maybe you need to hear that 2 Corinthians passage that says take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Maybe you need to close the front door of your brain and stop allowing all that stuff in. Maybe you need to be more selective to what you allow speak to you. Maybe you need to be more selective to what you allow your Facebook feed to feed you. Maybe you need to be more selective to what you're allowing pour into your heart and in your head. You need to take those things captive and say, okay, cool, there's a legitimate concern there. I'm gonna be careful. But when it goes to the point where we say, hey, wait a second, this is scaring the crap out of me and I'm gonna be terrified and afraid and operate in that, that's a problem. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
And we can overcome fear. We can be overcomers. But like I said, it's not a conversation we have on a Sunday morning. It's an inner dialogue that you have every single day between you and yourself, between you and God. Every single day, every single moment, you have that conversation. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, but of love that expels fear and cannot coexist because I got to understand who God is in relation to what I'm stressed about. And of a sound mind, I'm going to take every thought captive and not allow it to run the gambit of the, of the playground in my head. I'm not going to let it happen. There's a lot of truth in this passage, a lot of truth in this encouragement that Paul gives to Timothy. I think there's a lot of truth that can really ri and radically change our hearts and change our lives. And so this morning what we're going to do is the band's going to lead us in another song because we wanted to create an intentional atmosphere, an intentional space, an intentional time where you can do business with God, where you can say, God, dude, the fear thing, I need help. It's tough. It's hard. God, the whole power thing, you give, I, I need to see that. I need to feel that. Make that come alive to me. You know, the love thing, God, thank you. Help me to have a deeper understanding of who you are in relation to everything else that's going on. The sound mind thing, Lord, help me to remember to not only have the, the wisdom, but also the audacity to make the decision to take every thought captive. We want to give you an opportunity to do business with God and have a conversation with him so that hopefully this morning you leave a different person than when you came in. And so the band's gonna lead us in another song and this is an opportunity for you to do business with yourself and for you to do business with God. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for your word that speaks truth to us. God, I pray this morning because fear is a very real thing and worry and anxiety and they can be very, very detrimental and crippling to us. God, I pray for all of us in this room because we've all battled fear at one point or another. I pray for all of us in this room to do business with you this morning, for us to start the conversation and begin the lifestyle this morning that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God, we open ourselves up to you. Do business with us this morning. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.